Good morning, Gurmaj. Can you hear me? Yes. Good morning. Ah, good morning. Hare Krishna. So um, we've got the recording started and we've got everyone muted. And you can, I'm going to turn it over to you to give us any updates. Uh, well, um, not much news. Uh, preparing for the winter here. Um, and that's going well. Um, we remain, you know, pretty remote and safe here. I hope everybody else is safe, at least in North America or in the United States. The virus is, uh, seems to be expanding exponentially, so it's a dangerous place to live, but we're pretty safe here. Um, otherwise, I continue to uh, refine my my book with the help of some of the devotees who are um, doing some editing and so forth. And um, I did enter into the political fray here in the United States briefly in public, made a statement, which I was, <laughs> which I was resisting from doing, but uh, it was... Uh, was a good one. Necessary, some, some of the things that I had seen. So um, that was interesting. and Got a lot of nice responses, personal notes from devotees. So what are the questions this morning? Okay, Mahaprabhu, you want to unmute yourself and ask your question? Hare Krishna Maharaj, dear devotees, um, We had a series of very nice uh, online Japa retreats a few months ago, and one of the main things there was taking shelter of the holy name. So I was wondering how exactly what does this exactly mean? How we take shelter of the holy name? Because I know people who have problems and they chant more, or some incident is about to happen and they chant. But I think that it's this is not it, what it's actually supposed to mean to take the shelter of the holy name. So if we can. Um, give explanation to this. Mm, well, yeah. I don't think that uh, taking shelter of the holy name means anything different from uh, taking shelter of Krishna. Krishna is not different from his name. A, the only difference being that he's more accessible in his name, through his name, and that Chaitanya um, Mahaprabhu, who was Krishna himself, teaching the way to um, enter into Krishna Leela, has made the central focus of his uh, practice, the method, the will to his madness, the, the chanting of uh, the holy name in, in Ankirtan. So, um, in general, we're encouraged, for example, in the conclusion of the Bhagavad Gita, to take shelter of Krishna, to surrender to Krishna. What does it mean there? It means, in con technically, it means in contrast to the path of Varnashram, where there are many gods, and gods are petitioned and goddesses for different things. Hmm? Um, that should be uh, foregone, given up. Hmm? Sarvadharma and Pratyaja. Pratyaja means also, it, it, it includes the um, uh, not only the, the karma marg of Varnashram, as I'm mentioning, 
but Ganmark, hmm? just uh, just giving up the Dharma period hmm? uh, through purification of the heart and so forth. Uh, so whether it be bukti, material enjoyment, or mukti, neither of these are the concerns for the devotee. Um, both should be given up, and in their stead, ma may come. Sharanam. Sharanam means to take shelter, right? Hmm. Now we can unpack that further. First of all, of course, he says, ma may come, me alone. Hmm. So he's also, in effect, saying, Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. This is a uh, this is a central piece of the uh, Bhakti um, Siddhanta. Um, and of course, that doesn't mean we don't regard what to speak of other gods. We regard, have regard for insects even, um, for all, all species, um, but appropriately relative to who they are, what their position is, and um, what their embodiment may, may be and so forth. Um, but Sharanagati, he says, so to unpack the word, of course, Sharanagati itself is a limb of um, bhakti, an anga of bhakti. Bhakti Vinodhakur has given a lot of focus on that. He wrote songs um, to help us um, put into practice hmm, the different limbs of Sharanagati. So some of the limbs of bhakti have sublimbs to them. So Sharanagati being a limb or, or yeah, Sharanagati being a limb, um, it has sublimbs. So what what it constitutes being a Sharanagata is having those all those limbs in place. So he's written songs about Anukul Pratikul giving up the unfavorable, accepting the favorable. He's written songs about taking shelter of Krishna as my only protector, thinking of him as my only protector, mm -hmm. um, thinking of Krishna as my maintainer. And there are moods that go with this, the mood of pratikul, anikul, accepting and rejecting the favorable, unfavorable is, is a commitment of kind of a promise, a commitment. I and then the... the um, the mood behind that Krishna is my is 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 my maintainer is the is dependence hmm? for a, a sense of dependence uh, and so forth. So Bhaktivinoda has expanded upon this uh, with with songs corresponding with each of the sub angas of Sharanagati. Um, he's written about it. He has. Um, explained faith, shraddha, and sharanagati to be the internal and, and external manifestations of the same thing. So now sharanagati becomes shraddha, becomes faith, and how it's practically expressed. Faith, in the words, in the view of Bhakti Vinod, is not a fence-sitting affair, but it's active participation. As Pujapachita Marsh used to like to say, suspicion leads to suspension. So if our faith is lacking, then our will be our animation, our movement, hmm, 
in, in any sphere will be inhibited. So similarly, within bhakti, sort of grow the faith. Hmm? Um, is to grow a corresponding participation. Hmm? So um, it's an active affair. Uh, in Rupa Goswami's terms, we hear that he, his definition of bhakti, krishnanu shilanam bhakti uttama, his uttam bhakti is an ongoing culture of um, both um, one way to look at that is what doing what what is what is bhakti, avoiding what's not bhakti, or active participation and emotive participation in an ongoing culture of of consciousness of Krishna, Krishnanushilanam. So it's a similar idea. So this is you know kind of a central theme. And so um, when we say taking shelter of the holy name, we're not really saying anything different than taking shelter of Krishna other than the fact that the name is the most prominent manifestation of Krishna through which he has come to us, by which he has come to us, made, him, made himself available. Hmm? And so it becomes our, our primary uh, practice, kirtan of the holy names. We have a commitment to chanting japa of Krishna Nam. Hmm? Um, so one of the ways of taking shelter is to, is to uh, of the of the holy name is to is to um, live up to that uh, commitment, if you will. Um, so I I just think that if you you know I'm just kind of broadly speaking about taking shelter, surrender, sharanagati. It's the it's the stage, if you will, the dramatic stage on which the drama of Krishna Lila is performed. We see the Sharanagati taking shelter of Krishna played out in the Bhagavatam. Do you know where? In which Leela? No, I'm not quite sure. Okay. In, Bali Maharaj maybe. No. In the, that, that's a sub-anga of Sharanagati. <laughs> Atmani Vedanam. But in Gobran Leela, Govardhan hmm. Lila demonstrates that all the Vrajprasis are Sharanagatis. Of course, they're Premikas as well, but point being that Prem is not going to rise out of, in the heart of someone who's not a Sharanagata. Sharanagati is the focus of Sadhana Bhakti, as is faith, and they correspond hmm, to be a Sharanagata. Hmm. So they were going to worship Indra. Krishna said, forget that, you know. Take worship me alone, Sarva Dharman, put it down, And so the whole of the bridge demonstrated we're Sharanagatas here. We take shelter only, only of Krishna, no, no other god or goddess. Hmm? Um, if you fall down, you have to use the ground to get up. There's nothing lower than the ground. Hmm? So if you take shelter of Krishna, there's, there's nobody above him. That's uh, there's nobody below him that's more. At, whose shelter will be more efficacious, more helpful than his. We do find devotees sometimes thinking, well, should I do astrology? You know, that'll improve my bhakti. Or I think I should worship Ganesh because, you know, Ganesh is cool. Uh, he, he removes impediments. So I'll take uh, shelter of him and that'll improve my, my Krishna bhakti. 
Nothing can improve your Krishna bhakti more than taking shelter of Krishna and, and the, the tendency to take shelter of Krishna should be there. Whether, uh, when things happen to you, mm-hmm. better to think, oh, somehow Krishna's arranged this for me, whether he has directly or not. You can ask uh, Archon City about that. That's a funny story, but uh, uh, she put diesel gasoline in her car, which was a, not meant for diesel gasoline one day. And then she said, why did Krishna make me do that? I said, I'm not sure if he made you do that, but it's nice to think that, you know, that whatever happens, Krishna must be behind it because then the tendency to take shelter of Krishna, make him responsible for everything. Or we take responsibility for, in, a, in, another, in another sense for our actions. Um, but we do think that he's in the background hmm, of all of our, 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 our actions. And, um, and that thinking, of course, just fosters a sense of dependency upon Krishna. It helps us develop some scar for a body, some scar. So, um, you know, that's the general principle. And, and the name is the, is the principal way in which Krishna has come to us. So we, 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 we give emphasis to this anga of bhakti, you know, more than the other anga. Um, it again is, is the central way Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wrote his eight verses of Shikshastakam. They're all about chanting the holy name and the effects that one should expect and so forth. Um, so those are my, 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 my thoughts. Um, uh, as far as you gave examples, the devotees chanting extra rounds or something bad is happening, so they chant more. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's in a way they're, 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 they have, they're resorting in circumstances where it's beyond their control to 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 Krishna and that's that's no harm there it's good does that help uh, yes thank you very much okay nice to see you I just figured out why Krishna made me put the diesel in my car so you would have this great it's story to tell over the years <laughs> Okay, Tadas, you're on. Hare Krishna Maharaj. I would like to ask a question uh, from uh, Shumat Bhagavatam 10.5.4. So the the shloka sounds like this. O king, by the passing of time, land and other material possessions are purified by bathing the body is purified and by being cleansed unclean things are purified by purificatory ceremonies birth is purified by austerity the senses are purified and by worship of uh, by worship and charity offered to the brahmanas material possessions are purified and uh, by satisfaction, the, ma- the mind is purified, and by self-realization or Krishna consciousness, the soul is purified. So the questions are from, from the last sentence. And how does the mind get purified by satisfaction? Because, as I understand, there are a lot of ways to satisfy mind, but these processes definitely would not... Uh, would not purify the mind. On contrary, it will be pol- polluted. 
And the second question is how to understand that soul has to be purified. Mm, somehow I thought that soul is always pure and just coverings of the soul is polluted and these coverings has to be purified and just then we will be able to see soul but the soul is always um, pure as I understand. Yeah. Or not. yeah I think when uh, I mean I'd have to look at the verse and, and the words themselves um, but uh, I think that um, the implication there is that when we say that the, by satisfaction, the mind is purified, I think um, it, it, it refers to the fact that, um, that by gratifying the senses, the mind doesn't become satisfied. Hmm? Simply by gratifying the senses, there may be a momentary satisfaction, but by and large, or in an overarching sense, the mind becomes disturbed by that. Hmm? It does, so, when it speaks about the mind becoming satisfied, it means satiated. Hmm? Uh, not that uh, uh, by this sensation or that sensation, the mind is not becoming satisfied by that. Hmm? Therefore, there's always a drive for more and, and, um, and so forth. So uh, w when it speaks about a satisfied condition of the mind being synonymous with a pure mind it speaks about a mind that has been satisfied not by sense indulgence which won't satisfy which will really disturb it ultimately and cause it to go in you know many different directions being pulled by the sense of smell by the sense of taste by the sense of hearing by the tactile sense and so on and so forth in so many different directions the mind is not peaceful hmm? it's not satisfied and it's not pure hmm? in that sense. But when it's satisfied, it's pure. Hmm? But what is meant by satisfied is that, that it's, it's sent, the senses are controlled, so the mind has now become shanti, peaceful, peaceful, and it's not contaminated, let's say, hmm? by, um, and distracted, and, and, and so forth, by um, attraction to the ephemeral, mm -hmm. um, that even if you get an aspect of it for a moment, it doesn't do what it's what it what the advertising says it will do, and, and there's no returns. You, you can't you can't send it back and get your time back. Uh, so uh, so that that's one thing. Now you go on to the soul. Your your question is well, how can the soul become purified? I thought the atma was always pure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's just a matter of semantics, really. Uh, uh, we can say that this soul, the Atma is pure, but it's covered. Hmm? So if I take a light and I cover it with a box, the light's still there. Hmm? But if I take the box off, well, then you can appreciate its luminosity in, in, in ways that you could not when it was covered by the box. So... Um, a pure soul, all atmas are pure, but then there are those that are covered, and in their covered condition, their purity can't be, is not being experienced, it's not being appreciated, and so forth. So in that way, it's a contaminated atma. You can say all atmas are pure, that's true, but then there are atmas in conditions of material existence, for example, that don't 
don't realize that, don't experience that. And they are referred to as sometimes impure souls for lack of, you know, words to just, you know, accurately do justice to the whole thing. So I think it's just really kind of a case of, uh, of semantics, you could say. I mean, in the Maya bodies, the, the Neo-Vedantans today, they, they say things like, well, the Atma's pure or so. You know, you're already self-realized. You're already self-realized. Just realize it, and then they, you know, <laughs> they pretend or they or they think they've they've, they've realized it because they had some epiphany for a moment or something like that. Um, um, so we're a little more, you know, pragmatic about it. Yeah, the, the soul is in 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 a unit of an of luminosity, of enlightenment, uh, it's satya, that's a fact, but it doesn't know that it is. Hmm. So it's, it's, its purity has kind of been arrested for a moment and put over here, hidden. That's the idea, okay? Okay, Atmananda. Thank you very much. Okay, hey, uh, Gordon Ryan, you wanna unmute yourself and ask your question? Hi, Christian Gurudev. Good to see you. Uh, you too. Um, I wanted to ask uh, if you could talk about the Dhammadarasakam prayer and its author. I think Satya Ratamuni. I've never heard of him anywhere else before. I haven't either, um, but I, there must be some references to him somewhere. And some learned devotees may know, and if they do, they can post a note on here, or they could do some research while we're talking, as some of them have a penchant to do. Um, that their input is welcome. Um, but that said, um, there is a significant commentary on the Dhammadarastakam written by Sanatana Goswami. Are you aware of it? Yeah. Right, we have to get you a copy of that. Um, I'm sure, I, I think maybe, maybe Dulal Chandra has a PDF of that. I'm not sure he could send it to you. If he doesn't, um, he could let me know, but I'd like to see that you get it. I think I might have a copy somewhere, but it might not be in the pristine kind of condition that uh, Will Chandra keeps those things. Um, so that would be very useful to read. Um, the study. One of the things about the Dhammadarastakam is that um, it's it's thought, and I think Sanatan makes this point, Sanatan Prabhu, um, that each of the verses are like realizations of the Muni over long periods of time, like yugas is kind of the idea. Mm -hmm. And so the picture of Krishna is coming into his view and um, it culminates, the significant point here is culminates with the glorification of Radha. So he comes to the position ultimately of understanding the significance of Radha in the life of Krishna, which is probably the reason that the, the Gaudiya's have attached themselves to the Dhammadarastakam and often sing it during the, the Kartik month, which is also known as the Dhammadar month by a different um, uh, way of uh, naming or classifying the months. Um, somebody asked me this yesterday in the, in the, in the, uh, in the Spanish uh, question and answer um, conference why the Rasalila was not emphasized, which yesterday was the first day of Kartik from the, when you calculated from the Purnim, 
that Purnim is the Shard Purnim, the moon, the moon that, uh, that gives rise to the Rasa dance, hmm? which is an Udipana for Madhurya Rasa, the autumn, the harvest moon. Hmm, harvest moon. Uh, so in all the cultures, there's a sense that this, this, this harvest moon that you know, brings the harvest, it's, it's the, 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 in an agrarian you know, cultures, right? Hmm? Even in non-agrarian cultures, everyone has to have some grains. So with the harvest moon, and then there's the harvesting, and, and then there's, the, there's a fulfillment that, um, that you've been waiting for. So the Rasalila is, of course, the consummation of the um, relationship between Krishna and, and the gopis. The year previously, they prayed to have Krishna as their husband, the unmarried gopis. Um, they prayed to Katyayani. And on the day that the vow was to be completed, the married gopis like Radha showed up also. And then Krishna, of course, came and stole their clothes. And then, and then they had kind of a, what's kind of called a Gandharva marriage. And, uh, but then he said, you know, in the future, we'll consummate this. And uh, so that comes around the calendar year to the, to this time, and so this is very central. So, so the question of you know why all the emphasis on the Dhamadar Leela and the Dhamadar Astakam, when you know it's uh, it's it's, uh, it's um, very much about Rasalila Leela and Rasalila Leela, Madhuri Rasa is more central to the Gaudiya Vaishnavism than let's say Batsali Rasa, which is prominent, you know, which is the there really beautiful, beautifully brought out in the Dhamadar Leela. The Dhammadar Astakam is, as I say, is, yes, it is chanted often. And I think that it's chanted more often and focused on by the Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and his lineage, who was conservative about overtly speaking about uh, uh, the, the Madhuri Leela pastimes. But, um, but it does, the implication is it does culminate in the, the importance of Radha, which is central to uh, to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So it's kind of a, I guess, a, a gradual um, emphasis on that of sorts. Uh, I don't know for myself personally, I don't know how much the Dhammadrastakam is sung in other Gaudiya party bars, you know, during the month of Kartik, like it is in ours, it must have been instituted by by Bhakti Siddhanta. Um, many of the, uh, I should say, about the Kartik month, that many of the Godiamath sects, they branches, they um, very much follow the a book called Bhajan Rahasya of Bhakti Thakur during Kartik, um, where he analyzes the verses of Shikshastakam. Um, in relation to the pursuit of Rag Marg and Madhurya Rasa in particular. And he has different prayers and it's kind of a, uh, almost like a commentary on Shikshastakam. So they'll chant it and, and um, go to Braj and do Parakram and, and um, focus on that, that book 
Bhajan Rahasi. I'm getting a little off off track here, but um, but Satyavrata Muni, yeah, I mean, uh, he's some kind of Rishi, and it's you know, in that sense, it's kind of like Rishi Praman or something like that for the position of of Radha. You could say if you you know follow the whole prayer out, um, even as I say that the last verse culminates in in emphasizing her her position. So you know, Gaudiya people tend to uh, try to support their position by drawing from this Shruti or that text here or there, or this Muni over here, he said it over here. So let's grab him, bring him in. And, uh, and Sanatana Goswami, you know, did write a commentary on, on that, on each of the verses. I, I gave some lectures in, in, uh, in uh, North Carolina, where you, you used to live, a series of them during this Kartik, uh, month one year, um, and I drew a lot from the that um, commentary of Sanatana Prabhu. I don't think we were able to get through them all. It was you know it was um, Namahamish, but um, I think we got stuck. In, you know. On the first few verses, because <laughs> you you know there's a lot to be said there from them. But um, anyway, those lectures are are available. But the commentary would be helpful to read. Otherwise, the history of Satyabhatmunya, I'm not again, I'm not. Uh, I never looked into that. Um, but I just we just like like we like to say, okay, even this Muni says it. You know, like even Durvasa said this, and Gopal Tapani. We use it in that way. Does that help? Yes, thank you. So Dulal Chandra has said that he has a copy and he'll put it up on Sri Chaitanya Sangha so everybody can take and if you don't go on Facebook he said you can email him directly and he'll send you a copy. Who said that? Dulal. Dulal. Dulal Chandra Kijai. Yeah, so there you go. There we have something to do for Karthik. Everybody can study that uh, commentary, the Dhammatarastakam. It's nothing but smiling by the grace of Dulal Chandra. Um, Bhakti Shakti, you want to unmute yourself and ask your question? Shakti, Kijai. Dandavas Guru Maharaj and all the devotees. I would like to ask a question about, I heard the lecture and there you are mentioning about uh, Bhakti Pramod Puri Maharaj, uh, where he was listening to you while you were uh, singing about Srila uh, Prabhupada and about his Sakya Rasa. Mm. And, yeah, and then he commented something. He, he asked you, okay, what was that what you're singing? And you explained that there were some Evident like indications here and there about his Sakirasa, and then he told you something like, "Baba, you you never know you, the direct pramana you get only if you meet your Guru Maharaj from this platform." I just didn't understand very well this comment. Can you please explain? I I'm not sure I got it. Uh, what exactly he he told you then about you singing? I uh, actually. The story is a little different than that. I was sitting with him alone, and I, expl- I told him about the poem that Prabhupada had had written, which has been put uh, put in uh, to song, 
It's very beautiful, but I wasn't singing it. I was, I was uh, reciting it for him. Hmm? And he was listening. And in the, the first part of the poem, it's really kind of in two divisions. The first division is really an emphasis on Sharanagati, hmm? um, fulfilling the wish of his guru and the, and the order of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and so on and so forth. And then the second part, it's almost as if Sharanagati is in place and now the longing is there. Sadhana Bhakti is about the cultivation of Shraddha and Sharanagati. And so in Vandanam, in prayers, Jiva Goswami, which is one of the, another Anga of Bhakti, Jiva Goswami explains that there should be two divisions of prayers for those in Sadhana Bhakti and those in Bhava Bhakti. And the characteristic of the prayers in sadhana bhakti will be a petition for increase my faith, sharanagati, control my senses, this type of thing, but an emphasis on sharanagati. Hmm? Whereas in bhava bhakti, the prayers will be characterized by a longing, hmm? a longing to enter into the picture that uh, of, of Krishna and oneself that now appears um, in, in, in the heart. And so if you look at the prayer of Prophet, you can see it has these two divisions. Sharanagati, the first part, he has Guru Nishta there. He has been ordered by his guru, he thinks, you know, to deliver the Western world with Krishna consciousness. And he, um, and, uh, he needs Krishna's help and he wants to surrender and do the bidding of his guru and so forth. Some nice verses there. And then the second part, it's almost as if that Sharanagini in place now the longing. So there you, you find him longing for Sakirasa in uh, two, three verses. Um, um, A very nice sound to it. Mm. Mm. Kotobani chutta chuti, banekai luttaputi, sedin kobe hobe more. The very sound of this is the sound of Sakyarasa. Hmm. His words, choice, and so forth. Uh, so, uh, so, anyway, I was reading it to, of course, and then there's the refrain. There's the two divisions, and there's the refrain where he reasons with Krishna. You can call it the refrain. It's the first verse, and you could in the song you kind of go back to it and and as the refrain. And there he reasons with Krishna that you know you are such that uh, if Radharani is pleased with you, then you know your 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 life is successful. Mm-hmm. And Krishna, he tells Krishna that uh, Prabhupada says, "Oh, my dear friend, mm-hmm. bye, friend, brother. Listen to me. I've got something to tell you, and this is something that's." that's fixed like, like the, like the pole star around which this other planets orbit. It's, you know, from the Vedic cosmographical point of view, it's a sure thing. And this will never change. If Radharani is pleased with you, then you, your life will be, be uh, religious, successful, dharmic and so forth. So that's a good way to get Krishna's attention. Hmm? Oh, you know that you think that. And then, so he says, so now, you know, my guru is Radharani's representation representative. She asked me to do this, the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So you have to give me the power 
to do it, to please her. That's his refrain, very charming. So then there's the two divisions. So anyway, I'm reading the poem to Puri Maharaj and then um, when it came to the section there where Prabhupada is expressing his longing, then his, you know, his eyes kind of opened wide. He said, I'm the Sakuras. And, and, and um, uh, he acknowledged that the, the, those verses were about Sakuras. I don't believe he said to me at the time um, what you said. Others have said that to me. Um, uh, I think Dr. Kapoor said that to me once, but but um, what Puri Marsh had said, one of the reasons that I was reading it to him, there were a number of reasons, but one of them was because I was disturbed by the fact that some followers, disciples of Prabhupada were now followers of Sridhar Marsh after um, both of them had departed, were, were saying that, you know, if you, if you want Madhurya Rasa, you have to come to Sridhar Marsh because Prabhupada doesn't have it. And I didn't, I didn't, I thought that was like very, um, not, uh, not appropriate, not, not accurate. And um, I took an exception to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very kind of, unpleasant kind of thing to hear. So I was bringing up to him for a response from him that I could then, you know, utilize. Not that I didn't have my own, but you get, you know, support from Puri Marge, then it's, uh, your case becomes stronger. So, so I brought that point up to him, the context of why I was um, Bring, bringing the poem to his attention, demonstrate Prophet's affinity for Sakyarasa, and then to comment on that. So then he said, he said, he chuckled and he said, Baba, he said, if your guru is in Sakyarasa and you think you've got a problem, then you've got a problem. Hmm? Um, not that he wasn't speaking to me that I thought, you know, I had a problem, but these people are saying, who, there's a problem. Problem, Prabhupada's only in Sakyarasa. Problem, if you want Madhuri Rasa, then you have to leave him. And go here, and uh, he thought that uh, that was just very like um, absurd. His, his point was really that it's hard to find a guru in any rasa. Hmm? If you've got a guru who's who's has that kind of feeling, strong feeling for for sakya rasa, expresses it like this to Krishna in, in, in private life, hmm? and you think you got a problem, then you got a problem. <laughs> Then he said that Krishna would make all, uh, that guru can make all arrangements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and we see that, of course, also. We, we, we see the arrangements of Subal um, with regard to, um, what is it, Shamananda. Mm-hmm. Shamananda in uh, Gaudi history. Mm-hmm. There's a long story about that. Um, he was initiated in, in Sakya Rasa, but then he developed affinity for Madhurya Rasa in Braj, in the association of Jiva Goswami and through some intervention, divine intervention. And then that was questioned. It's, this is related, it's not exactly the same. And then um, uh, his story about receiving the tilak stamp from a, from a gopi which was indelible and couldn't come off and was different than the tilak that his party bar wore. Hmm. 
coming from Goridas Pandit, who was Subal Saka, that was in question. And then in a meeting, he fell into a trance and experienced Goloka. And Subal said to him, tell your guru this. So when he came back to external consciousness, he told Hridai Chaitanya, I think his name was, something that, that he knew, Hridai knew, only he and Subal knew. So he knew, he had actually talked to Subal. And so Subal had given the blessing. This person should be in Madhurya Rasa. So he can make all arrangements. Hmm. Subal can make a whole... <laughs> Rupa Goswami himself praised to, praised to Subal, let me, please introduce me to Radha and Krishna. You know them very well. Hmm. He prays in the mood of an aspiring uh, Madhurya Rasa Bhava Bhakta. Hmm. Very nice prayer there. So, so these are very high things. These people, these paradigmatic figures, the associates of Krishna, the Parshas, they're, they're, they're not to be part of some competitive scene and uh, one's better than the other type of a thing and to be abused in that in that way is uh, is is inappropriate so that's, that's the story thank, thank you, you very much thank you for reminding me that it was a nice nice to be able to read that to poor you know, i read it to other people I have different different reactions from different sadhus i won't go into some of them but uh, that was a real nice one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Rohini just posted the Damodara Sikkim file that he got from Dulal Chandra, I guess, some time ago. So it's up. Anyone can download it right from the chat. So you yeah. have it immediately. Okay, um, Sharda, if you want to unmute yourself, star six on your phone. Sharda, this is your, your time. See if she can get her phone unmuted. The autumn month. She wasn't sure she would be able to figure out how to. Can do you hear me? Yes. Hi, Bill. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Krishna. And um, I just had a, a kind of a practical question, really, um, because I do. I, even though I'm in Vancouver at the moment, I'm in Saranagati most of the time. But I do have an opportunity to have my house in England open to devotees to practice anything, you know, in the next five years that that's the plan. And I don't have an initiating guru to, you know, sort of give advice at the moment, but I'm just wondering, is there anything in general you feel that devotees need, you know, Gauriya Vaishnavas, especially, um, you know, in their, in this, you know, to develop uh, either spiritually or in a practical sense, um, today um, so that I can address that um, when I, you know, put this plan together. Um, uh, myself, I, I, I want to, you know, address health and welfare because being, you know, was a doctor and so I'd like to do that. But is there anything else apart from the usual practice of chanting the holy name and, and reading from the scriptures, etc.? Uh, anything else you feel uh, that could be addressed? Um, when uh, the devotees come together in a kind of a little a house, it wouldn't be a farming community; it'd be a house. 
Anything that you can say? You mentioned, <laughs> your, you mentioned that house to me before. So you're saying that you have a house in southern England. England, England yes. You yes, and I it, would... You want to make it available for devotees to come and have programs or retreats. That's right. Like that. That's and right. What, yes. Should, what should yes. you have available on hand for them to help facilitate that, if anything? Yes. Yes, that's right. And I probably have uh, people who would live there, renters, devotee renters who would live there because I'm in Saranagati to, to sort of take care of it too. Um, but yes, I just anything that you can, you know, advice or anything to watch out for or anything that you can say, it would be greatly appreciated, you know, well, any tip or anything. I'm the devotees to rent it to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, once I've done that, <laughs> yeah, I do, I do have something in mind, but it's over the next couple of years, yeah. yeah I can't think of anything in particular at the moment, you know, that stands out, mm. but, you know, mm. um, um, but um, if I go, then I'll let you know what I need. <laughs> yeah, okay. When I visit there. Yeah. Um, but, okay. Uh, but I think, you know, yeah, uh, that's very nice. Um, make that um, available and uh, can, mm -hmm. can you tell us exactly what uh, what city it's in? Um, well, it's Exeter, it's in Devon, which is uh, more of a farming agricultural county, which is southwest England, and it's near the beach, it's, it's uh, near the farms, and it's near Exeter uh, on the River X on the bank, and so you look up Exeter and it's in a village called Starcross. That's where I grew up. That's the house I grew up and I want to keep it going, but more, you know, uh, as this kind of a retreat or some kind of place for devotees to go to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Very nice. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Hare Krishna. Hare. Omkar, unmute yourself. Hi, Guru Maharaj. Dandavat Pranam. You're in the Taranagati community now. With the, where yeah. yeah, I'm here. It's yeah. Farming is good. Farming is a good idea. <laughs> Guru Maharaj, uh, my question uh, is about uh, verse 259 in the Gita, where Krishna talks about um, developing a higher taste. And uh, we're just reading... Um, a book with Vishwanath Chakravarti's commentary about the Paramdristva Nivartate development of higher taste. And um, I was wondering, what's the process of the development? Because Vishwanath Chakravarti, of course, seems to refer to um, that state being you having already realized Paramatma. And in your commentary, you say self-realization is not enough for this taste. So uh, how, to, how to see the development of the taste? I mean, in our practice, we get some taste sometimes. It's not just out of fear, hopefully, that we're practicing. So mm -hmm. how to sort of see this development, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. What book of Vishwanath Chakvatitaka are you referring to? Uh, his commentary. Commentary uh, on the Gita. Prakashita mm -hmm. Britti commentary on the, on the Gita. Param Drishtva so Yeah, I think that you can take it in general. I mean, he may have a more specific, uh, there may be a more specific um, 
and precise way um, to look at that in terms of the full sense of what's being expressed there. So, um, for example, the bliss of the Atma is one thing, Atmananda, and and the bliss of Bhakti is another thing, Bhaktiananda. Um, but that principle, I believe there, is that by having a higher taste, you can let go of the lower taste, which in one sense, the implication is that things are let go, if you will, or detachment occurs as, as, as there as there is a corresponding attachment in another realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and to the and, and attachment may not be the best word to use. It's a good word for, for bhakti to use. But even if you look at the verse from a gyan perspective, which of course Shankar would, I think the teaching is that letting go, if you will, detachment, this is a bigger thing than what it sounds like when you first hear it. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, um, Western people in particular are used to like, well, get it now. If you don't have the budget, just put it on a credit card. Mm-hmm. But you can't buy it with a credit card. You can't say, okay, I'm going to just put my credit card on that and I'll pay for it and give up this, 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 and this. I'm, the analogy is breaking down a little bit, but the point is that um, artificial renunciation is not something that will endure and it's problematic for the individual and for the group at, at, at large. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you take Krishna's gradual emphasis in the, in the first six, six chapters where he de-emphasizes renunciation and emphasizes nishkam karma. Hmm? Um, It's the same idea. As much as you have a stable footing, actual knowing, an epiphany, realization, and so forth, as much as you're on safe grounds for letting go. If you're letting go on a base on a theory that says, you know, actually, you know, attachment is the source of misery. That's not makes sense. Okay, I'm going to give all those things up. But you don't have any higher realization. Your mind's going to be disturbed. And it's not going to be a kind of renunciation that, that can be sustained and so forth. So I'm speaking about this verse in the broadest you know, possible way. Bhaktivinoda Thakur said, for example, one should not take sannyasas unless they've attained bhava. Just, you know, that, that's a, another way of saying the same thing speaking about different levels of attainment and, and so forth. You can speak about it on a high level. You can speak about it on a low level. I started speaking on a lowest level. So, you know, you can say, as Chakravi Thakur says, uh, you know, he's giving a bhakti emphasis there without attachment to the Paramatma. You, you, can, you can make the case that even if you have Atmananda, even if you have Brahmananda as a Jivan Mukta, Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have any standing in bhakti, it's not going to hold up. Mm-hmm. You can be distracted. The Bhagavatam is full of examples of people who were 
really renounced. Subari Muni was living underwater. <laughs> I mean, how much more re renounced can you get than that? I mean, it's an extreme example. But he became agitated, hmm? right? His mind became disturbed. It's a long story related to the Kaliya, chastising of Kaliya. His mind became disturbed. He committed Vaishnava Parad and the whole thing fell apart and so forth. So he had no higher standing. Hmm? So even a jnani so high, who has a higher taste hmm, of the bliss of the self, hmm, his or her renunciation may be at risk. Hmm? You've cut off the, just like bamboo, you cut off the shoots, it's all done, it's all gone. No, the roots are there. Come back in a week and there it is again. Hmm? So this example is given to differentiate the efficacy of bhakti from that of jnana, for example. Hmm? So from a bhakti perspective, we emphasize a higher taste. Um, and that means bringing the Atman in touch with the Paramatma, with the Godhead, so rather than just with, with Brahman, and where there may be active service and so forth, uh, to... Um, replace what you're, what you're doing now. But, you know, they can look at it in any number of different ways. So I think that uh, in, yeah, in principle, yes, when you practice, you get a taste. If you practice very seriously, and that is probably more uh, grounding, if you will, and more support for letting go, if you will, than all the philosophy that you hear. The philosophy appeals to your intellect, hmm? And you should use your intellect, right, to guide your mind and senses and rule over them. Hmm? But if you get a taste of a touch of the self, even, hmm, th that's like way more confirming than, than, than the intellectual conviction. Hmm? And so that's the, the, the general principle. Now, of course, you are getting a taste in bhakti sometimes as a sadhaka, but your taste even of the atmas in the context of, of bhakti. So there's some bhakti ananda there, hmm? some abhas, some shadow of, of bhava and so forth. It's very, very confirming. Um, so that's, that's just uh, kind of, kind of the, the principle. If you, if you're, if you're going to go, you know, over here, make, you know, you, you need to have one foot over there, if you, you, something like that, and then then you can bring the other one. Um, it's a kind of a a uh, a healthy uh, caution, if you will, because artificial renunciation it will be counterproductive. And we think even the Ganmar. Fosters artificial renunciation if it's devoid of bhakti. Does that help? Yeah, that's very nice. That, that made me think about my first question, which I didn't actually ask, but instead this one, where I was reading from the third canto, where I'm at reading in uh, Bhagavatam, where Brahma falls victim to his lusty desires. And <clears throat> Prabhupada comments that this was prior to him having having received that transcendental knowledge from Krishna's flute into his heart. So mm -hmm. could I could I see that 
sort of like, okay, well, he had developed a higher taste, so to say. But even though he was a really self-realized high person, but still he failed, so it's kind of disturbing to think. Yeah, there are all kinds of Brahmas. You can attain the post of Brahma through karma, through jnana, or by bhakti you may also take that post at, uh, at some point, it's possible. But yeah, you can think of it like that in a general way. So, all right, well, nice questions. Thank you for reading the books like that. I really appreciate that, Omkar. Um, so I hope to be with you next week, huh? We're out of time. Yeah, thank you so much, Gunaj. And everybody stay on for just a minute. I have a couple of announcements to make about classes in Kartik. So thank you so much for giving us your, your time yeah, and your wisdom and your spiritual. permission to go? Huh? Can I have you? You, you have, yes, you have my permission to leave. Haribo, Gurudev. Haribo. So, um, so just going to make some announcements about cl upcoming classes. Starting tomorrow um, at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time um, in the United States, we'll be having um, Padmanabha Swami will be giving talks on um, Dhammadhar Leela, and there'll be only three classes that he's giving, so they're going to be precious, so don't miss any of them. And it'll be November 2nd, November 16th, and November 23rd. Those are all Mondays, starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then Guru Maharaj will be giving classes um, during Kartik also, you're going to need to write these down as well. Two of them will be the, the, at the standard um, time for the Sunday call. So on November 9th, which is a Monday, he's going to be giving, um, these will all be at 11.30 Eastern Standard Time. Um, he'll, so November 9th, Sridhar Maharaj's appearance day, he'll be giving um, a lecture on that day at 11.30. November 15th, um, which is a Sunday, he'll be giving a talk on Govardhan Puja. November 18th, which is the disappearance day of Srila Prabhupada, and I think that's a Wednesday. Yeah, it's a Wednesday on me. He'll be giving um, a talk at 11.30. And November 22nd, which is a Sunday, he'll be giving a talk on Gopastami. And it's also the disappearance day of Gadadhar and, um, yeah, disappearance day of Gadadhar Panda. So um, those are some exceptional opportunities for Kartik um, Seva for all of us to tune in and um, take advantage of these wonderful classes. So I hope you all wrote it down. We, we are sending out notices through the... Um, um, the MailChimp that you get every Sunday, that's from Nanda Kumar, sends that out. He's just sent one out about Pamanavaswami's classes. And but the other thing, I'm going to, instead of having this waiting room, which can be kind of a, a bit cumbersome, um, I'm going to start using a passcode for this call, for all of Swami's calls. So please check your email. <laughs> the next time you get a notice because you'll need that passcode to be able to get into the call. Okay, 
So wonderful seeing everybody and um, look forward to seeing as many as you as possible tomorrow um, for Pamanava Swami's first class on Dhammadara Sikkim. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Uh, Hare Bol Mataji. I have one thing I'm wondering. Okay. Um, I don't think I have given Shri Chaitanya Sangha my email address. So how can I get the password? Well, um, why don't I you get your email address and then I can send it to Nanda Kumar? Sure. Yes, that's, that's a great idea. And also, it'll be posted um, on... We, somebody can post it on Shri Chaitanya Sangha also. Maybe. Yeah, the, the password, right? On, yeah, on, on Facebook. Yeah, I'm get it anyhow. Yeah, could you do that, Aradhana, when I send it out? Could you? So when you send out the password to post it on Facebook? Yeah, to paste, yeah. So that so you would post it privately, don't you? No, I think if it's on Shri Chaitanya Sangha group, it'll be okay. fine. Maybe I'll, do, yeah, I'll double check with Bhakti Rasa okay. just to be sure. Um, yeah. Okay, so okay. I Thank do. Thank you so much. Yeah, okay. What if you don't Facebook? Don't Facebook. E- email. email. You email. Got it. You'll get mm-hmm. it. So either way. Okay. Well, great seeing all of you. And um, have a great rest of your day. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.